Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. I'm really excited to be talking today with Melissa Morris from Agency Authority. Uh, it's almost like we have similar uh, company names, Agency Authority, Agency Outsight. Uh, Melissa runs an, uh, an operations and project management consultancy where she works with agencies, I guess, of all sizes, you'll tell us. Um, agencies of all sizes that need some help. Um, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm happy to be on this morning. Awesome. Um, so agency authority, uh, it's a kind of a new evolution for you. Um, talk about kind of the road that you took to get here, um, from your agency to, I guess, MM and now, now a, you like the, the alliteration, I <laughs> guess. I know, right. I can't get away from it. Um, so, you know, I've been in agencies for a long time now. Um, even before I had my own business, I worked in agencies for a long time. I worked in a boutique ad agency for a number of years where we served, um, a lot of county and state organizations, um, some nonprofits, and we helped them with a variety of their advertising. And when I was in the agency, I had an account manager, project manager type role, again, being a smaller boutique type agency. We had, you know, a couple of hats that we were always wearing. And um, I spent a lot of time just serving as a liaison between the client and the agency, um, obviously bringing a lot of strategic mindset to that. And then a lot of time also too managing deadlines, managing scope creep, um, checking that profitability. Have we spent too much time on design? So I think, um, you know, just during that period, some of it's just my kind of skill set, like a zone of genius mm -hmm. for me is this kind of systems and processes, this time in this agency, some really great mentors along the way. Um, I realized that there was just a need for a lot of agencies, especially agencies growing in those multi six figures to really start getting a handle on their business back end um, so that they can continue to move on and grow. And, you know, some bigger agencies that maybe even need to take a step back and say, hey, we need to bring in some fresh eyes here, get a look at what's going on um, and start tightening up our, our agencies. So, I went out on my own. I was doing consulting. It was just me for a number of years. And then um, I started bringing in a team member and she was serving as a bit of an account manager, helping with some implementation as we were growing. And I started to realize towards the end of last year that as the client base was growing, growing as I was um, getting more support with the implementation, I always loved the consulting component myself, but you know, there's only so many hours in a day and only right so much yeah. inflammation I can do personally. Um, it was just feeling more and more that like I needed some support myself. And I just found, especially towards the end of last year, when I'm on, you know, calls with agency owners or having conversations, it was maybe feeling a little not authentic or congruent when it's mm -hmm. Les Morris and the consulting. And I'm like, oh, but you're also going to work with you know, Robin over here or Ray over there. Sure. And they're like, who are those people? Um, so it felt time. It felt time to um, roll out a name. And 
I would say I actually, we arrived at the name pretty quickly. Um, we did some brainstorming and landed on this and it just really felt right. So that's, that's where we are. That's where we are now. Did you bring in an agency to do it or did you DIY it? We, we DIY'd it. We did it ourselves. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was curious if you did bring in an agency, like what was that process? Like, how do you, you know, how does somebody that knows a ton of agencies and works with a ton of agencies and knows the ins and outs, but you did it yourself. So here, yeah, not, not a point. Yeah. So, um, so what's the niche of the businesses that you're working with, the agencies that you're working with? So I really enjoy working with other agencies, particularly like marketing, branding, web design type agencies. Mm -hmm. um, that's really just work I always enjoyed having worked in an, a true advertising agency. I got my degree in advertising. So it's just a space that I've always really enjoyed, felt really comfortable in. So we definitely serve a lot of agencies in, in that space. And then again, um, you know, as you're getting those multi six figures, you're getting closer and closer into a million dollar business. Um, you start looking around and thinking, Hmm, it's operations really starts to become the, the like roof on your ability to scale mm -hmm. and the ceiling. Right. Yeah. And you're like, this is a problem. And when we can come in and we can help them get these things organized and cleaned up and we're maximizing the team, we're getting people in their zone of genius. We're tightening up those scopes profitability starts increasing, the agency owner actually has time to focus on the agency. And then suddenly we can see some some real growth happening. And then we get to support them through that, which is really fun as they um, up level their problems. I've, you know, heard someone mention. Yeah. So so the niche is really the sub seven figures that they're trying to push to what does scale look like? We're all stretched thin. How do we kind of maximize our abilities and our time and usability and um, expand that into better systems so we can run better, be more profitable, things like that. Exactly. Um, do you kind of stick with them as they grow past seven figures or past, I don't know, 15, 20 people, or do you kind of set them on their way and check back in quarterly, annually, that kind of stuff? Yeah. So there does come a point where <laughs> they really need to start bringing someone in, in a like mm -hmm. almost full-time type capacity, which is a, a mm -hmm. space that we wouldn't serve. So we will take them all the way. And then when we feel like there's a point where we really need like a full-time project manager in their business and leveraging that, then we can help them find um, that interview. We train them. We've built all the systems. We know the business. We can train them and help do a passing of the baton. And then, you know, of yeah. course, as needed, if we need to come in or pop in for some additional consulting, we're, you know, always available and happy to do that. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I think putting in place like an ops person or, you know, a COO or somebody on that level is really valuable. And, mm -hmm. you know, at about that, you know, $750 million mark exactly. is really vital to do that. Um, I think it's tough for an owner to grow to that size without having that right hand person. Um, because like I said, they're wearing all the hats. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I talk a lot about uh, with some of the agencies that I work with is, a lot of times we hang up the shingle thinking, I want to do this really great design work and I really, I'm going to work less and I'm going to make more. And then two, three years and they realize it's all inverted and I'm working far more than I thought I would. And when I remember to pay myself, I'm making, you know, just above minimum wage. Why don't I go flip burgers or something like that? Um, so yeah, bringing that right hand person where they can off offload a lot of that heavy lifting stuff from team management, operations, account management, whatever the things are that they're not 
you know, right seat, right, right person for. Um, yeah, you're exactly so, yeah. right. Yeah, I love that. Um, so what, what are the, some of the things that you're seeing? I don't know, talk about trends or just commonalities, you know, other, in other agencies that are like the, the big, you need to fix this if you want to actually scale. So I know that, like you said, the burnout and the overwhelm, they're like, why am I working so many hours? Um, they're definitely struggling where they're the bottleneck in the agency. They've, you know, oh, I've got this team, so I'll have more time. Why don't I have more time? The team is just coming to you with lots of questions and, and lots of concerns. So these, I think, are some of those initial symptoms that an agency owner starts to look around and say, okay, we need to get the business back in. We need to get some operations in place, some processes. And what I often see happen is they start jumping to tools and they can do a bit of tool hopping because they don't know what the best tool is there. Well, we kind of played around in Basecamp and then we were kind of in Asana for a while. And then we, mm -hmm. you know, landed on ClickUp and then we have subscriptions to HubSpot. And I see that a lot where they're just like trying to fumble around and find it. Um, and, you know, having somebody who has dedicated experience and knowing like these are the variety of tools that are out there, these are the ones that work best for agencies um, can expedite that. And so we can come in yeah. and help them with that. Like we know, we know what they need. Um, we know what works well for agencies, um, but we see them kind of fumbling around and trying that. They're trying to lean on their team. They have, you know, small but mighty teams and they're asking people on their team where the stuff is not in their wheelhouse either. But they're trying to figure it out. And, you know, they kind of spend, you know, sometimes six months, a year, a year and a half trying to sort this out. And everything feels like six months behind. And the SOP they write is now out of date. Um, right. And so I think it's at this point where they're like, okay, it's time. It's time to bring in some outside help here and get some folks who have experience in this area in here to help us get this short up. Yeah. And, and a lot of times the owner's like, well, I'd rather do it myself than pay whatever, five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. I don't know. I'm just throwing numbers out there mm -hmm. um, because we know what we need best. We don't have the, the cash flow for it. We don't want to dip into reserves, but then they're taking away from their team's time to execute on client work. And even if they treat themselves like a project as, you know, we, you know, quote unquote, all try to do as agency owners, it falls behind and turns into, like you said, six, nine months. And then they realized, mm, maybe this wasn't, maybe I didn't need monday.com and I needed Asana or I didn't need Asana, I needed Notion or whatever. Yep. Um, so you come in, are you guys doing like some sort of a, an analysis up front and yep. determining what their needs are? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how it works is we're going to come in and we have some four key areas that we review. I have some benchmark items that we're going to check out to see, is it streamlined? Is it documented? Is the team trained on it? Team training is such a big component mm -hmm. of this all as well. Um, and then from there, we can establish like, <clears throat> hey, you just need a project. Like we just need to come in and fix this one thing and you'll be good to go. Um, or sometimes we even, you know, want to work together in a longer capacity. So some of my clients will work together maybe six months. A couple, we've been working together for a couple years at this point because we mm -hmm. get the operations cleaned up and then we're really able to take that project management piece off of the business owner's plate and we can help with managing the team. Um, our goal is for them to be able to grow once we get these things set up. So then now they are able to take on more clients. Now they need to hire. Now they have new SOPs that need to be created and we can just really support them through that journey as they get like a solid business foundation under their feet that 
um, has the systems in place for scaling as well as like just running shop, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. And then, so what about as far as like a process improvement review stakeholder? And uh, are you putting like training somebody in house to constantly be reviewing what are these SOPs? How do we continue to refine them? plugging holes down the road, things like that. And that's where we'll serve that hole for a long time um, with our clients until they're ready to bring on somebody gotcha. full-time to assume that role. So that is often what we're doing. In addition to, we'll start looking at things like time tracking. I'm a big fan of time tracking. Um, mm -hmm. How many hours are we spending on this project? How do we tighten that up? Really dialing in on offers so we know that they're profitable. We know we can turn them and get them out the door. We know where the agency is really shining on those and continuing mm -hmm. to monitor that and evaluating the team's capacity on an individual level and then the agency's capacity as a whole. And where can we bring on more projects? Looking for those gaps where it's time to maybe make a new hire or shift some responsibilities. Um, and then yes, continuing to monitor, making sure everybody is still using the tools like they're supposed to and they're staying current and those SOPs yeah. are staying updated. Um, and then as I, you know, mentioned, there kind of gets to a point where a team is getting large enough and, you know, the business has gotten big enough where we say, okay, now we need to train, um, find and train and bring somebody in to really support you in a, in a more full-time kind of way. So what level agency are you seeing that people are best suited, I guess is the right way to say it, to bring on their own project manager? So we work with businesses and the multi six figures, um, you know, I would say a minimum of around 300 up to, you know, and it, it can depend, like, obviously, on the ticket offer, like, there's, you know, a lot of variables in there. But then all the way up to as we start nearing that million dollar mark. Um, so depending on what they've got going on, that's a good spot where we can really serve them and make a big impact. Again, you know, generally speaking, once you start crossing the million dollars up to 1.5, um, the the size of the team is large enough, the volume of projects is large enough, where you really need somebody in there in a in a big way monitoring and yeah. tracking those projects. So usually around that time, um, it's best to start looking for for someone yeah. who can really be all in on managing projects and timelines. So are you? And I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse or not, but are you able to? give some guidance as to how an agency can start charging for account management and project management. Because if you think about small agency, it's a solopreneur, they're a quarter million dollars, they maybe have a graphic designer or they're outsourcing design and development and it's really just the owner. Project management isn't a line item, Pro account management isn't a line item. They're lucky if they can charge for discovery or you know at, at that size. Half a million, three quarters of a million, a million, like there's some serious operational costs that need to be yes. paid for on the client side. How do you, are you able to guide them through that yes. process at all? Absolutely. That's a big yeah. part of it. When we're looking at that profitability hours, I'm working with them to say like, it's not just how much the designer's touching it, but now the copywriter's got to touch it. And that account management time always um, becomes a line item in there because it's, it's just necessary when you have, a lot of projects and a larger volume of projects. So that's absolutely something we, we help work them through. Yeah. What are some like benchmarks that you work with agency owners on that they should kind of be aware of or monitoring on a regular basis as far as whether it's usability or profitability or, you know, things like that, that you're tracking with them? 
or teaching them about tracking? Yeah, time and capacity is always a really big one. And it's one I find they really start struggling with the the larger the team gets, and the more things are happening that they don't have their hands on. Um, that's when mm-hmm. things can start to get out of hand. Um, so that's definitely a big one. Again, not only how much time the team is taking on a project, but also how many projects can the agency handle as a whole and starting to space out those projects. So we don't have, you know, three websites launching on the same week, right? Like we need to space that out and we need to work on, um, and kind of coupled with that really nicely is some client management type skills too. Like focusing, you know, I've worked with agencies to start implementing rush fees, um, Mm -hmm. or working with them to say, we're not starting on the project until we have everything from the client because that's how it drags on. And after three rounds, we're going to alert them and just creating these type of um, client management guardrails so that Mm -hmm. everybody on the team knows this is what's involved with the project. And anything outside of that is now scope creep, which means we're working and we're not getting paid to do that work. So a lot of this is the the fundamental problem that we're working to solve and gain visibility over. And then how we do that is with the proper implementation of project management tools and the SOPs and the processes and standards among the team. Like that's the the how we make that that stuff happen. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. So I you mentioned like um what I define as kind of like the maturity of an agency. It's almost like the bar mitzvah time. And it's yeah. for me, it was when I had my agency, I was working with a coach. I was in a mastermind group. And it was in that time where I, you know, me and my team started to charge for out of scope. Oh, it's the third, mm-hmm. it's the fourth, it's the fifth. Next time we'll charge them for, out of, you know, an extra round of revisions. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, we said three, three it is, you know. And, um, and so, you know, all those, you know, really – learning as a team how to manage clients as opposed to allowing clients to manage us um and so i think that's so vital that you know it's something that we, that we do with agencies is help them grow up a little bit and help them have some mm-hmm. maturity and speak from the diaphragm kind of thing and um mm-hmm. you know how to even even how to present ideas and pitches and manage an account and grow an account and things like that so uh, yeah. i think that's so so vital that, that you're doing that yeah yeah um, talk about tools um so sops you know, I'm sure a lot of people that you're working with are still using Google Docs. What are some of the things that you guys are trying to move towards and why? So definitely one of the things we want to do is get them out of email, out of Slack, out of their spreadsheets, and into a proper project management tool. And it's not uncommon for me to see where an agency, they're they're using a project management tool, but instead of using it to manage projects, they're using it to manage tasks. And what I mean by that is, is, oh, yeah, we use ClickUp, but here's where, you know, John has his list of tasks and here's where Amy has her list of tasks. And here, well, how does this all work together? And I say, you know, you're the agency owner. How do you pop in here and know where this project is in the grand scheme of things? How do you know if it's getting behind or if you're pacing well? Um, And that's always where I see the, ooh, I don't know that part. So if you're feeling that way about your project management tool, you're using it as a task management tool and everybody's just clicking their task. I want to up-level that so that we're looking at things from a high level where we can actually manage the milestones in a project, where we can be tracking due dates. 
Um, and this is how you start to get an idea of what an individual's capacity is and the agency's capacity is. We can start building dashboards that are going in and tracking um, where projects are in each phase of the workflow. And sometimes that involves taking a step step back and figuring out what what is this workflow, right? Like what yeah. what do we have here? And getting away from a lot of the bespoke um, you know, projects or, well, they kind of like it this way. So we do it for them. Well, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to do it all sure. this way. Um, and this is the best way to track it. So project management tool is definitely a big one um, that we want to pay attention to and focus on. And then depending on the size of the agency and their needs, we also may start looking at the introduction of a CRM. Um, and there's a wide range on those. Um, so sometimes that's Sometimes we're going to kind of like leverage our project management tool to work a little bit like a CRM, um, okay. or sometimes it's time to really get something set up in there and get out of the, you know, sending something through HelloSign and then sending a PDF and another email and then sending the invoice through, like, let's get this all shored up and going through one system and getting it really nice and automated. Yeah. I think it's important, you know, everything from um, kind of opening the door to possible proposal phase to contracts to signing agreements, all the onboarding. If that's not all systematized, then it's kind of like the wheels are already off for the project itself. So you guys are kind of buttoning that stuff up in the forefront, which I think is just such a missed thing. I had a client walk me through their Trello process a few weeks ago. And just as you said, each team member had their own board. It wasn't project-based. It was team. I said, where does everything come together so you can mm -hmm. see overall project progress? And they're, they're the blinking eyes. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty common and it's amazing. I mean, there's just so many tools to choose from. And so knowing the right one to put in place and the way that it's going to create efficiencies, the lack of efficiencies is just lack of profitability. You know, those holes in process is just money going out the window. Um, and when you veer from this is the way we do it efficiently to here's this great, cool, whatever thing, mm -hmm. you better be charging triple for that because that's how much you're going to lose in the profits on that. So, yeah. So true. It's so true. Someone's telling me like, well, I can't really afford to invest in my operations. I'm like, you can't afford not to. Like, because at this point, to. you're just like bleeding money and time. And, you know, yeah. it's such a cliche and, but like time is money. Like when you have team members and they're working on projects and how efficiently we can move them through, it's just really important to have that dialed in. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, want to jump real quick, last couple of minutes, ask you some random non tool related questions. I'm actually yeah, one it. of them might be, what is a book or podcast or, um, show or something that you just can't get enough of anymore these days you're binging? So, um, it is, and now I'm Dan Sullivan. I was like, I'm totally blanking on his name. Dan mm -hmm. Sullivan. I've been really into lately. So I read his book, who not how, and then, mm -hmm. um, his most recent book, the gap and the gain. And I have been really, mm -hmm. really into, um, his philosophy, his leadership style, again, loving his books, already looking, um, at when the next one's coming out. So Dan Sullivan, I'm real into him right now. Nice. I'll have to check them out. Um, business or personal, what's a tool that you recently integrated into your day-to-day -day that you just can't live without? Recently integrated? That's a tough one because I've had my tools in place um, <laughs> for a long time. 
Um, I would say the two tools that I can't live without in my life, business and personal, are ClickUp and Toggle. Um, so ClickUp is a project management tool and Toggle right. is a time tracking tool. And a lot of people are often surprised that like, oh, well, you're the owner or you work on a flat project fee versus hourly. You track your time. I absolutely track my time. Yep. I absolutely Absolutely. Do. Right there with you. I'm a solopreneur and I track my time. I want to know how much time I'm putting into my marketing and my biz dev yes. and discovery calls and how much absolutely. time that I put into this specific client. So 100%, I'm right there with you. Live and breathe by the clock. Um, cause you said it, time is money. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. So final question for you, what is an invaluable piece of business advice that you want to impart on the world or at least the listeners here? I think it's getting away from that hustle culture. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, one of my early business coaches told me, she said, there's this idea that people are going to get out there and they're like, I'm just going to work really hard and I'm going to work like 67 hours a week and I'm going to build it. And then I'll be able to like travel and do it like that, that, but you can't build this massive machine where you're working 60 mm -hmm. or 70 hours a week and then think you're just going to like step aside and not work that many hours anymore. Cause it's just a, a wave that's coming behind you hot. So you have to grow it in a very sustainable um, and mm -hmm. smart way, which sometimes might feel slower. Um, but ultimately it's, it's better in the long run because you're not in massive burnout. Um, you're not exhausted and there is such a thing as catastrophic success. So, and yes. we've seen it, we've seen the person who, um, you know, takes the world by storm. You're there everywhere and everything for a couple of years. And then you're like, what happened to so-and-so? And they're just in massive burnout and their health yeah. is in trouble. So just, growing at a pace that is sustainable. And I think that's part of why I love the work I do too, is like getting that agency sustainable, being able to be more predictable about how things are pacing and having a real plan in place for scaling and growth. Just, it all feels very important to me. Oh, I love that. I fully subscribe to that also. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for sharing your time. You. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too, so please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.